As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Finding some interesting nuggets on a slow news day on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Fantasy Football in 15 here at The Athletic Wednesday, November 11th, and we move into Week 10. I am Michael Beller, joined by Derek Van Riper, DVR. We are into the final third of this Fantasy Football regular season. How you doing? Doing really well, and yeah, I'm uh, feeling pretty good because my Scott Fishbowl team is sitting at 8-1. and one. I feel like I actually put together wow. a really good high quality deep roster and I know I just cursed it I'm sure half my team will get hurt coming up here in week 10 but it's nice to have a team that you feel like has a shot to win a big overall contest like that even if that one doesn't have you know major high stakes implications mm-hmm. yeah that's great though that's a lot of fun fun to track that I was uh, through like four weeks and you and I are in the same division through four weeks of that I was in like 65th place overall out of the 1,400 people or so that are in it. Uh, My first two picks were Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott. They were carrying me. Then Dak went down, and it's been basically downhill ever since uh, for me there. So I'm going to cheer vicariously. I'm going to live vicariously through you and pull for your squad in that because I'll probably make the playoffs, but it's not a team that's going to do any real damage. And you can tell that, right, in a league this big, in a league like that, you can tell that right now what are some legitimate teams and what are teams that – just aren't, unfortunately. I am falling into the ladder, but I'll be pulling for you for sure, DVR, as we go through this last third of the regular season and into the fantasy playoffs. And we kick off Week 10 with a sort of a slow news day, but still enough to talk about here. It begins with Ben Roethlisberger being placed on the COVID-19 list. This is the exact same situation that we went through with Matthew Stafford a week ago. Ben Roethlisberger has not tested positive for COVID-19, but Vance McDonald has, and Ben Roethlisberger has been deemed a close contact of Vance McDonald. They are actually locker mates. They have lockers right next door to each other in the uh, Steelers locker room. So that's really what's happening here. He'll be uh, virtual all week. He won't be showing up 
at the Steelers facility. Realistically, he probably wouldn't have practiced at all this week given the uh, knee issue that he is going through right now. But so long as he tests negative every day leading up to Sunday, he will play for the Steelers against the Bengals. But let's just address this really quick. If he does get a, get a positive test, Mason Rudolph becomes the starter for Pittsburgh. How concerned would you be about those Steelers receivers in what is a really nice matchup on paper? I'd be a little bit concerned because we saw Mason Rudolph start, I think it was eight games Mm -hmm. in total last season, and I don't think he finished all of them, but the most we saw him aired out was in week 11 of last season against the Browns. He was 23 of 44 for 221 yards through four picks in that game. You go back through all those starts, though, you see a couple of low to mid 200-yard totals, a lot of sub-200-yard totals, though. There's just not a ton to get excited about talent-wise with Rudolph himself, and I feel like that is enough to really bring down this group of pass catchers. I could see them going to a more James Conner-heavy sort of game plan against the Bengals because they have that ability to run the ball well more often than not. I know I say this with Conner coming off a disappointing game against the Cowboys uh, in Week 9, but Juju, I think, is still in lineups. So I think he's kind of returned to the top of the pecking order. Deontay Johnson probably still in lineups, but once you get past that, a guy like Chase Claypool, Eric Ebron, I think you're you're lowering the TD expectations for the offense as a whole, so your third and fourth options in the passing game are no longer viable in most formats if Rudolph has to play. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Hopefully it's some, this is something that we don't have to concern ourselves with. It wasn't with Stafford last week. Hopefully it plays that way with Roethlisberger this week. But something to keep your eye on as this week unfolds. Uh, let's move over actually to the Monday night game. Uh, we, you know, we didn't get to talk about it on our Tuesday episode. We had already recorded that one before that game wrapped up. But uh, there were some interesting developments in it. So I don't want them to go totally uncovered here. And I want to start... With Jacoby Myers, a monster game for the Patriots, 14 targets, caught 12 of them for 169 yards. Over the last three games, he has 30 targets. That's good for sixth in the NFL. In that span, he's got 22 of them for 287 yards. And this is a team that, even before the Julian Edelman injury, let's be honest about what Julian Edelman has been the last two seasons. They were really looking for a playmaker, a wide receiver one. Nikhil Harry hasn't lived up to what they hoped he could be when they used a first-round pick on him a couple of drafts ago. And Jacoby Myers... Looks like he could be that sort of guy. I know we don't want to get too excited that this big game happened against a Jets defense, but if the last three weeks are any indication, the volume's going to be there. I think even when Harry gets back and if Edelman gets back, you can't just push Myers aside, especially, again, if we're being honest, probably going to be a playoff-less season for the Patriots, so they owe it to themselves to see what Myers can be for their next competitive team. I think we might be talking about Myers at least as someone who's in the wide receiver three discussion from week to week. I think so. I mean, I think the matchup against the Ravens in week 10 is troubling in part because I think back to Deontay Johnson going real quiet against them a couple weeks ago when the Steelers matched up with the Ravens. But the schedule beyond that, Houston in week 11, Arizona in week 12, those are a couple of really soft spots as well. I'd I'd expect to be using Jacoby Myers in those weeks based on what we've seen really the last three games. It comes down to the target volume, six against San Francisco, 10 against Buffalo, 14 on Monday night against the Jets. He appears to be the clear-cut favorite of Cam Newton at this point. And even if this New England passing game continues to be inconsistent, 
any passing game can sustain at least one pass catcher from week right. to week. Uh, I'm not worried about Edelman eventually coming back. There was plenty of opportunity, even with Edelman healthy, for someone like Myers to emerge. So I think you nailed it. I think the wide receiver three range is where I'd be. But I do think this matchup against the Ravens is one where I'm looking very carefully at the alternatives before uh, using Jacoby Myers despite the huge game in week nine. Yeah, you mentioned Houston after that, then Arizona. Week 13, the Patriots get the Chargers. That's not a matchup that we're too afraid of. Week 14, first week of most fantasy playoffs, we get the Rams. That is a matchup that we would be concerned about. But then 15 and 16 at Miami and home for the Bills, neither of those matchups scare you. So Jacoby Myers could be someone who is factoring into fantasy playoff runs. You also mentioned there, Derek, that any passing game can support at least one fantasy viable receiver. And we've seen it from the Jets all season. Right when Jamison Crowder has been healthy, Jamison Crowder has been not only fantasy viable, but you know, really a guy made of wide receiver one material. And we got him back in this game against the Patriots. Just two catches for 26 yards, but one of those catches went for a touchdown. And suddenly, this Jets offense seemed a little bit frisky in that Monday night game. Put up 27 points, three passing touchdowns, 10 and a half yards per attempt for Joe Flacco. And you know, I think the one side of this discussion is this Patriots defense is nowhere near what it was a season ago and nowhere near what we typically expect it to be under Bill Belichick. I think we're getting close to saying that this is a average at best and maybe a bad defense, one that we can take advantage of in the fantasy world. But let's talk about this Jets passing game because that was also the first time all season that they have had Jamison Crowder, Brashad Perriman, and Denzel Mims all healthy. Brashad Perriman going over 100 yards, had two touchdowns. And you look at their schedule the rest of the season, they have a bye in week 10, but then at Chargers, Miami, Vegas, at Seattle. Hello, hello. What a great matchup that is. At the Rams and then Cleveland in week 16. Again, the Rams are really the only one there that jumps out at you as a matchup you would want to avoid. We might be talking about the Jets in some shootouty sort of games or games that they lose 35 to 21 where that passing game comes through for you in a fantasy context. It makes you wonder if with a couple of those matchups, is there any way the Jets play themselves out of the position <laughs> to draft Trevor Lawrence? I mean, if you end up in a shootout, anything's possible. I'd agree with you. I think this offense could start to run into form a little bit, especially if you get Sam Darnold back after the Week 10 bye. Uh, it's a nice group of pass catchers. It's one of the things that is currently in decent shape, I would say, with this Jets team. And what I'm curious to see is how the distribution of targets changes in the weeks ahead. I was really surprised to see Crowder uh, really scaled down two targets, caught both of them. One of them was a touchdown catch on Monday night, so he kind of salvaged an otherwise disappointing performance. But he had 10-plus targets in each of his first four games this season. You have to think he's still the number one, even with both Perriman and Mims now healthy. Yeah, I would think that that had a lot to do with the fact that it was just his first game back from the injury, and it was working with Perriman. Also, eight targets for Denzel Mims, caught four of them for 62 yards. That had the feeling of the Jets easing him back into the game plan, especially knowing that they had this bye coming in Week 10, so he would get another two weeks off after playing one game before he gets back on the field, before they get back on the field against the Chargers in Week 11. And the other side of this is that this is a bad defense. This is a defense that teams are going to be putting up a lot of points against. So I think you're going to have no shortage of volume for the Jets passing game. Pretty funny after everything they've been through this season that we could be talking about Jamison Crowder for sure. And then maybe one of Brashad Perriman and Denzel Mims as players who we are excited to start or at least fine starting in the fantasy stretch run of the regular season into the fantasy playoffs. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, Thursday night football in Week 10, divisional matchup in the AFC South between the Colts and the Titans, and a couple of things to talk about on both sides of this game. First, T.Y. Hilton is practicing in full. That was an estimation on Monday, but then a reality on Tuesday. So all indications are T.Y. Hilton will be back for the Colts after missing last week's game with a groin injury. And T.Y. Hilton, you know, seems like the guy who automatically you're happy about getting back on the field, but it just hasn't been there for him this season, Derek. He's played seven games, 39 targets, 22 catches, 251 yards, still looking for his first touchdown of the season. And this Colts team, we've talked about it a couple of times here. They're a fine real-life team. I think their record is a little better than they actually are, but kind of a fantasy wasteland sort of team. Even if I've got T.Y. Hilton on my roster in what is a, at worst, fine and maybe a good matchup against the Titans, I'm really not that interested in playing him until I see something out of him uh, in a way that gets me excited. Yeah, I mean, I think part of it's just the way the Colts have spread the ball around. You look at the target distributions. One of my favorite tools to do that is the Rotowire Team Trends page. And you know, T.Y. Hilton does occasionally finish on top of the the pile when it comes to target share in the Colts offense. But more often than not, he's kind of in the 15 to 20% range. He's had a few games where he's below that. And there are three or four other pass catchers who have equal shares. And with T.Y. Hilton, a lot of what he used to do was making big plays downfield with Phillip Rivers. That's not really a big part of this offense. So it just seems like a combination of some skills regression, a system that just isn't really giving him enough targets, and now a quarterback who really can't get him the ball downfield. So it's this perfect storm that makes T.Y. Hilton a bit like Golden Tate, week in and week yeah. out. You, you just always find a better option on your roster, and you kind of want to play those guys because of what they've accomplished and the name that you see on the bench. But more often than not, I think they belong on that bench. Yeah, I really think that's where T.Y. Hilton is now. I think T.Y. Hilton is a depth guy in fantasy leagues now, and that's just the reality of his situation for all the reasons that you mentioned here, Derek. So even in a matchup against Tennessee, a team that uh, has given up plenty of uh, points this season and given up plenty of passing yards and can put up some points of its own, uh, you just can't really get all that excited about T.Y. Hilton. I mean, like, give me Tim Patrick over T.Y. Hilton. On the other side of this game, uh, I want to talk about the Titans passing game for a second here because at Colts defense is what's carrying them to the 5-3 and three record that they currently have. Fifth in pass defense DVOA, actually second against the run, but you're playing Derrick Henry no matter what. The, Col or the Colts are also second in yards per play allowed. That is 4.8. And sixth in yards per attempt allowed at 6.4. So you're playing Derrick Henry. You're playing A.J. Brown. 
but I think you might want to go in a different direction from Ryan Tannehill and definitely from Corey Davis. This could be tough sledding for them, especially in a short week. Yeah, absolutely. I would try to avoid both. I think Davis probably falls outside the top 40 among wide receivers this week. Uh, I'd be curious to see where our friend Jake Seeley ranks him for week 10, but I would look very carefully at my bench options and the waiver wire, especially with Davis, but I think that also applies to Tannehill. You're looking at this as a more low-scoring sort of game than usual. A lot of times the Titans have a little bit of sneaky shootout potential. This is not one of those times. Yeah, it doesn't. It just doesn't have that feeling. And, you know, we've seen things like that go against us, go against the expectation. But this just has a game that uh, or this feels like a game that is going to hit that expectation. A big game in the AFC South. These teams are actually going to play each other two times over the next three weeks uh, with uh, Baltimore sandwiched in between for the Titans. So a pretty crucial stretch in the Titans schedule, getting Colts at Ravens at Colts the next three weeks. Going to see a heavy dose, I believe of Derrick Henry that is not going to redound to the benefit, the fantasy benefit at least, of Ryan Tannehill or Corey Davis. This show, we hope, does redound to your fantasy benefit this week. It's going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. If you are not an Athletic subscriber, you can get yourself a subscription for $1 a week at theathletic.com slash football in 15. For Derek Van Riper, I am Michael Beller. We will be back here with you tomorrow. Until then, thanks for listening and have a great day.